And I've learned this the hard way. I've spent countless hours looking for files that are maybe lost in a folder on my computer, mislabeled, perhaps someone else is the owner of the file and I can't find the shared link. There's so many different things that can really slow down the process of reviewing, revising, and perhaps recreating some of your course assets. Welcome to Scale Your Course. If designing and delivering a scalable course has got you feeling overworked, overwhelmed, and just plain tapped out, you're not alone. I'm Tracy Sheriff, and in this podcast, you'll listen to a combination of solo episodes and powerhouse interviews, where we'll share tips, strategies, and insider insights into how you can successfully design and deliver a scalable course. Prepare to reach your next level business goals without compromising your health and wealth with the Scale Your Course podcast. Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Skill Your Course. Now, in today's episode, I'm going to be focusing on some tips that can help you really make sure that your process for reviewing and revising your course assets is actually smooth, effective, and efficient. Now, one of the things that I've learned over my years of teaching is that when it comes time to actually review a whole bunch of course assets at one time, it can feel a little bit overwhelming, especially if you don't have a system in place before you get started. And I've learned this the hard way. I've spent countless hours looking for files that are maybe lost in a folder on my computer, mislabeled, perhaps someone else is the owner of the file and I can't find the shared link. There's so many different things that can really slow down the process of reviewing, revising, and perhaps recreating some of your course assets. So today I thought I would just share some tips with you that I've learned along the way. Tip number one is really my recommendation, my strong recommendation is that you determine where the materials will be stored from day one and not only where, but how will they be accessed by various team members? So assuming that you're not the only one that's going to have your eyes on these pieces of content, that maybe there'll be other people that will be doing different things with them. Perhaps they're going to be editing them. Perhaps they're going to be uploading them to the course platform. I really encourage you to create a system from day one. It's going to save you a ton of time later when you're trying to find things, especially in that review process. Now, my pro tip for you here is that the owner of the course or program should create this shared space and where appropriate, they would give the editing privileges to their team members. Now that might sound intuitive, right? You are the course creator or the program designer and this is your intellectual property. So why wouldn't you hold space for that and then share with your team members? But What I can tell you is in the creation phase, when there's a lot of energy and a lot of people perhaps that are contributing, it's really easy for those course assets to sometimes be created in spaces that belong to other people. So my advice to you is from day one, create the shared space where you as the course or program designer want those materials kept where you have ownership. And then from there, you can share editing privileges or give access to those documents to whoever you want, but then you also have the opportunity to revoke that access just as easily. Okay, tip number two. 
have more than one place where these are stored. So your course assets in one place, that's what we just talked about. This I'm talking about having a total duplicate set. Now this could be in another folder on your computer or another tip for you is that it could be the course platform itself. So maybe creating a hidden module where only you and certain people might have access where those course assets and materials can be stored there so that you always have that backup copy. Believe me, I've had to recreate more than one thing because something has been corrupted or I've lost the file or it's been mistakenly deleted. That does happen. So always have a duplicate copy of all of your course assets. Tip number three, create a consistent way to label your materials and make sure that everyone knows what the system is. So for example, if you're creating a series of slideshows for your course or program, you want to name them something consistent so they're easy to find and also will be grouped together just naturally inside of the folder that you're storing them in. So for example, every class you could name your slideshow class 1-slideshow or class 1-workbook. And what that means is that if all of the titles start with class 1, they're going to be in order. It, they're going to be grouped together in your file folder in alphabetical order and all of the class ones will be together. So it's going to be very easy for you to find things when you're looking for them. Tip number four, develop your workflow for updating materials from the outset. So when I'm talking about workflow, I'm talking about the systems and processes that you're going to use, the step-by-step methodology that you're going to use to approach it systematically. Too often we're context switching. We're updating a PowerPoint presentation. Then we're updating a PDF and then we're uploading this document, but then we realize something else needs to change. So then we're swapping it out and it can get a little bit hairy scary from my experience. And I'm sure I'm not the only one. And if I am, Good on you because that means that you're way ahead of me in terms of systems and processes, but these are things that I've had to learn over many, many years of teaching and also helping other people bring their courses and programs to life. So just to repeat that, make sure that you have a workflow for updating your materials from the outset. It's going to save you time in the long run. Tip number five, determine who's going to make these adjustments and update the shared access point. Have one person who's primarily responsible for this folder. Too many hands in the pie, you know what happens, if you know what I mean. So make sure that everyone knows what their roles and responsibilities are and who is the person that's actually going to make these adjustments and update the documents. That way, people aren't duplicating the different tasks and you're always to be sure that what is there is the most up-to-date and recent document. Tip number six, determine who's going to replace the content on the course platform. So again, it's all about streamlining. It's making sure that only one person is responsible for the development of the course platform. Maybe two, but even then, make sure that the people who are doing that updating, everyone knows what they're responsible for. 
Because again, this is where it gets confusing, where people start to think that things have been updated and they might not have been, or that they might not be using the most recent document. All of those things are mistakes that commonly happen when you are working on a busy team. And so it's really important that you delegate who's going to be responsible for updating the course platform. And again, in pairing that with the system that you created around who's going to make the adjustments or edits to the course materials, that's going to help with making sure things run smoothly and efficiently when it comes to the iterative process. Now, last but not least, I have my final tip for you. And that is that when you're creating course materials and assets, not everything needs to be available for your students. What I mean by that is sometimes we might create the slideshows, but they don't necessarily need to be shared as part of the things that are available for students to download. If you have a recording of you presenting that information or a live call where you shared some of that content, that's all that they need. And allowing yourself to hold back some of the assets as just yours helps protect some of your intellectual property. If you're concerned that having those presentations not available to students is going to limit their learning or their access to the information, you could possibly offer a summary sheet or something like that instead. So I think it's really important that when you think about what do the students need to be successful, that it doesn't mean that it's everything that you need as the course creator or the program designer. Lots of things that you may hold back that are just tools and resources that you can use to be a better teacher and deliver more effectively and efficiently, but that doesn't mean your students need to get access to everything. I know quite often as a teacher, there are times when students will raise their hand and they'll say, are we able to get a copy of this or a copy of that? Or would you be able to pull something together for us? And that's all great. And if it's going to support your students and it's also going to allow you the opportunity to show up as a better teacher, I say go for it. But I also want to give you a little bit of permission here to not feel like everything that you share needs to be available for download for your students. So, you know, there's three phases that I, I know that you work through in the iterative process, and that's really review, revise, and reload. I probably should have said that at the beginning of the podcast episode here, but review, revise, reload. Review, revise, reload. These are the types of activities that you're going to do after each and every time your course or your program runs, particularly if you're using a cohort model. But what do you do if you're not running a cohort model? Well, my recommendation here is that you set some time in your calendar, just like you plan other business-related tasks, to do a full audit of your curriculum and content. And that includes the review, revisions, and reloading of your course assets and materials. So hopefully you find those tips valuable. So often we think that some of these things are just so natural And, you know, even when I was planning this episode, I was like, aren't these things that people already know? But the reality is I'm a pretty organized person. I help other people organize their things and I still had to learn the hard way. So I'm figuring there's at least some of you that will find some benefit in listening to this episode and taking away these tips and implementing them. 
so that you can protect your time and energy when it comes to revising your course materials and resources for your next launch. So that's a wrap. Short and sweet episode today. Thank you so much for joining me. I would love to invite you to that if you haven't already, please consider leaving me a review. If you're on iTunes, give me a follow. If you're on another podcast app, hit subscribe, share with a friend, all the things. And I want to be able to support more and more people with creating and delivering more scalable online courses and programs. Have a great week.